You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's preacher is Pastor Brian Flammy. In the name of Jesus, amen. Peter said to Jesus, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But Peter said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. In this section of the Passion of our Lord Jesus, St. Mark sets before us two distinct trials that are happening next to each other, that are happening, and that are happening simultaneously. First, Jesus is put on trial as he stands before the Sanhedrin, the high priest, the rest of the priests, the scribes and the elders. And then outside in the courtyard, there is Peter, who is put on trial not by the lawyers and the Pharisees and the experts in the Scriptures, but rather by a lowly handmaiden. In the first trial, Jesus, Jesus doesn't waver. Jesus never once backs down from who he is. Indeed, he confesses truly that I am the Lord, even this man who is standing before you. But Peter, standing before a young girl and shadowy figures gathered around a fire as they try to warm themselves, out of fear he denies the Lord not once, but three times. Both men were threatened, one more so than the other. But still, both men were put to the test. And yet, in the end, only one man proved himself to be steadfast. In the moment when the rooster crowed the second time, all of Peter's boasts that he made to Jesus earlier on the evening of Monday, Thursday, all of his pledges uh, to fidelity and all of his running to Jesus to say, see how I give myself to you, how I will follow you, even, even through the gates of hell. All of this comes to nothing. Peter has not just let himself down. He has let Jesus down. He has lost his faith, his salvation. And he has fallen headlong into the devil's clutches. Now, you and I, we must not think that Peter's denials are a small matter. St. Mark is careful with the vocabulary that he uses to describe Peter's, Peter's denials. St. Mark says that Peter apostatized. That is, he breached the faith. He stepped out of the confession that belongs to all Christians and he made himself one with the world. 
In this way, he sinned against the Holy Ghost, and he ceased to be a Christian. Why is that? It's because Jesus doesn't suggest, but he requires unwavering faithfulness when his saints are put on trial and when they are publicly questioned. Our Lord teaches so often on the subject that we should not ignore him. Jesus says, be on your guard. For they will deliver you over to councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Jesus promises that the trials will come. And how we fare under these trials in our public confession before the world as to who Jesus is and what he has done, this has eternal consequences. Because it is our very faith that is put to the test in those circumstances. And the question is set before us. Will your faith prove true? Will it endure? Will it renounce everything, even your bodily life, so that you can remain with Jesus and his word? Now, you and I might think that we have a bit of a a respite in this land, in this country of ours, where we have protected worship, right? In the... uh, in our Constitution, in the First Amendment. But to assume that we have nothing to fear, that that is a trap. It's a ploy that the devil uses to snatch away our faith from us by keeping us complacent, by keeping us fat and happy, because it's not the distressed man who has the luxury to fashion idols for himself, but the bored and the lazy man. It's true that in this country there are not public tribunals to root out the Christians so that they can be imprisoned and put to death, but that doesn't mean that we lack for apostasy. The devil, it turns out, in this country, he doesn't need imprisonments, beatings, and prison. All he needs is the threat of a little bit of scorn and a promise of a little bit of pleasure. And so men and women are encouraged to reject Jesus' gift of life in the womb for the sake of convenience. What is the consequence of this kind of apostasy? Children die, and their souls are lost. So afraid of some of being called foolish by the debaters of this age that they reject the clear teaching of Scripture whenever it conflicts with the conclusions of science or progressive ethics. And so they run headlong into the madness of calling men women and women men. And by rejecting and hardening themselves against God's created order in nature. In this country, despising the family and the church are a matter of course. In fact, you might say that they are our society's prime virtues. Just see how often divorce happens around us. And and, and think about just how to so many people, attending church, going to church, 
is much more like going and attending the Rotary Club than it is actually going to the place where God meets with sinners to give him, to give the sinners their, his grace. In this world, in this country, the people are encouraged to gather around idols that are suited to their tastes. But they exchange, in this way, the glory of the immortal God for images resembling themselves. And the Lord gives them over to what they desire. As St. Paul puts it, the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. This is the world. And if the world hated Jesus, if the world crucified the author and perfecter of life, why should we as Christians expect anything different? And so Jesus tells us a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? Now, if the world looks at us as Christians, and if the world doesn't hate us, and instead, when the world looks at us and if they see a reflection of, of their own words and their own deeds, then there is something wrong. Because when we open our mouths, we are not speaking Jesus' words. And the works of our hands are not Jesus' works. There are Christians who are being put to death on the other side of the world, and they are teaching us a lesson. In losing their lives for Christ's sake, they are blessed. Jesus says, Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. And again, whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Because these saints on the other side of the world are faithful, even as the executioner's blade is placed upon their neck, or even as their bodies are conformed to the image of their Savior in crucifixion, Jesus assures us that they gain eternal life. But Peter, in his desire to save his life, he loses it. He loses Jesus, and he loses heaven. St. Paul, in his second epistle to St. Timothy, writes this, this bit of a hymn that was sung during the early years of the church. If we have died with Jesus, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Jesus is faithful. Yes, Peter denied his Lord. But Peter was not yet lost eternally. Outside of the Sanhedrin's courts, it turns out that fear was enough 
to break a man's faith. But within, Jesus doesn't flinch. Even as he is pummeled by hatred and derision and spit and fists, Peter, Peter, on the other hand, says that he never knew the Lord. But when Jesus gives answer to the high priest, he says, I am, I am the Lord himself. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. The rulers and the chief priests, the elders and the scribes, they raged against Jesus and they handed him over to Pilate and to be, and to be executed. And yet Jesus, in faithfulness, suffered the scourge, the thorns, the cross, the nails, and even the wrath of God against your unfaithfulness. Jesus is your substitute. Jesus was faithful in your place. Jesus was faithful precisely because you and I, in the weakness of our flesh, fail and are faithless through our thoughts and our words and our actions. But in faithfulness and from his cross, bearing your iniquity and the iniquity of the whole world, Jesus preaches, your sins are forgiven. See my faithfulness to my word and promises to put your sins under my feet. I spoke through the mouth of Moses and the prophets. I promised to save you. And see... It is done. It is finished. In faithfulness, Jesus rose, he ascended, and he sent the Holy Ghost, our Comforter. I want you to think about for a second the difference between Peter before the cross and Peter after the cross and resurrection and ascension of our Lord. Before the cross, before the coming of the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, our paraclete, St. Peter cannot hold himself up when the questions come. He, he bends and he breaks, like I said before, at the very small question that comes from a little girl, a handmaiden. But after the cross, after the resurrection, and after the ascension, after the Holy Spirit is sent to the church in Pentecost, St. Peter is put on trial again, probably a few weeks after Jesus ascends into heaven. He is questioned by the same men who questioned Jesus, who handed Jesus over to Pilate so Jesus could be killed. And what does Peter do? He rejoices that he has been counted worthy to suffer. He preaches a sermon before the Sanhedrin, saying clearly to them that you have put to death Jesus, who is the author of life. Jesus is the Son of God. And you have killed him. And yet, I tell you today to repent. And for saying these words, Peter and John, standing before the Sanhedrin, were beaten. And they rejoiced. After the cross, after the forgiveness of sins, after the redemption that comes through Jesus' blood, there is no doubt about how Peter will fare when he is put to the test. When the questions come to him. Because he has the confidence of the mercy of Christ. 
And he has the Holy Ghost that comes through Christ's own promises. The promises that were kept in faithfulness. Not Peter's faithfulness, not your faithfulness, not the faithfulness of any mere man, but the faithfulness of God himself. This is our hope. And this is our confidence and comfort. When in this world, we are also put to the test. We don't lean on our own resolve. We don't lean on our own strength of will. Rather, we remember Jesus and his word. And so we make the good confession before the world and say, Jesus is the Lord. If you threaten me, why should I fear death? Jesus overcame the grave. Death has no power over me. The devil is crushed underfoot. The Holy, Sco- the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, he is stronger than the weakness of my flesh. Do what you want. My salvation awaits. Because even though I die, yet shall I live. The Lord grant us all this faithfulness and this confession. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.